Hello there, dear boys. I'm Sterling Moss. You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. Uh, Now, if you're a woman, uh, kindly turn off this podcast immediately, as your mind will simply not be able to comprehend it. What? Hello, I'm Gareth Jones. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. And I'm going to start with an apology for the telephone sound effect that I used on that sketch about Braun GP in the last episode. You've been fielding complaints, I gather. Only so far from a- Richard. Yeah. I would imagine that everyone has been suffering from it as well. Richard Porter. Hello. And Zog. Hello. Uh, welcome to the programme. Richard, I'm sorry about that. Was that actually the sound of your phone ringing? That... Well, apparently it was, yes. I don't, it, it, <laughs> and I listened to it in the car, where I was convinced it was my phone ringing, <laughs> turned the stereo down... Ring stops, but my phone was hooked through the Bluetooth in the car, so I thought, well, maybe because I've turned it down, I've also turned down the ring from my phone, and it's a cry for help from my phone. (laughs) And then I was looking for my phone, which I think was in my back pocket. I'm not trying to suggest that you were attempting to kill me, but I was on quite a windy road in uh, the Brecon Beacons in South Wales, so I could have died but you're, and, but you're, uh, <laughs> because of your careless sound effects. That's well, all I'm saying. But you're basically complaining that it was too realistic. That, yes, that, that's you could put saying, it that way, or just that it was unnecessary for those of us who prefer a more traditional ringtone. Gareth Jones on speed, Fair enough. confusing your ears. And here's another sound complaint. I can't remember who this came from recently, but someone complained about not being able to hear Richard since we went to a stereo mix on this programme ages ago now so you know I've berated Richard don't go out of phase on the mic stay around here and it turns out that this person who's listening to the show these days has only got one left or the right channel in their car where they listen to the programme from so wants us to go back to a mono mix to personally tailor the programme for them can I suggest that this is the solution you can do your own mono mix down nice and easy just in any corner garden audio editing programme Take the two stereo channels, mix them down to a mono track. Bob's your uncle. There you go. Those of you who prefer not to hear me, just move your faders across to one side in your car. <laughs> Jobs are good and something that I'm sure some people will be taking advantage of. For example, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here we are now. Finally, well, two and a half minutes into the programme. We haven't mentioned cars properly yet, have we? Should we talk about racing cars, the Formula One variety, the Chinese Grand Prix? What about that Alonso then? Damn him. He's a terrific driver. You just Damn him. I mean, no, he is fabulous. There's no getting around the fact that he's a hell of a racing driver. And don't you think the Ferraris mm-hmm. made a very good start? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. almost absurdly good. Where, for example, Vettel didn't mm-hmm. make a particularly good start and was lucky to hold his place, which I think he did. But maybe that Red Bull's harder to get off the line. Webber has a history of making slightly ropey starts. Yeah. But the Ferraris, thump, they were off. Pair yeah, of them, and then they both overtook Lewis Hamilton a lap or so in, as if he was standing still. Talking of which, what about that Lewis Hamilton? Well done, good lad. I thought it was wonderful that little historical note that he was the first British driver to take a pole for Mercedes mm. and Sterling Moss. Nice. That, that's a great little connection. Yes, but I mean, I've got to say that that weekend kind of confirmed in my mind that if you were going to have any two drivers in your team, you've got a free pick. 
you'd have Alonso and Hamilton. You'd have the... Mm. You'd have the yes, ironically, the, the, the when McLaren that happened, had, didn't work out so I know, well. I know. And, and that's what makes it so mm. tragic. That mm. they, they had those two... I guess the timing wasn't quite right, because I'm sure if you had the two of them in the same team now, there'd be a much better chance of it working out. They'd be able to get along, and I think they've kind of got the respect for each other now and a bit more understanding than they had. So you mentioned Sir Sterling Moss. Of course. The mighty Moss. Uh, have you seen what's been going on this week? Uh, well, I, Hang on. Uh, let, let, oh, I thought you were going to talk about his controversial comments about yes. his casting preferences for who might play him in a movie. Oh, no, he's got, no. He's got worse. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I think he may oh, have taken leave of his senses. Uh, he <laughs> believes that women will never succeed in Formula 1 because they simply don't have the faculties for it. I'm oh. paraphrasing, but that was the gist of it. I dread to Does think he... his views on Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> because, let's be honest, the man seems to have become a little bit prejudiced. Or at at least is now airing his well, prejudices. Hang on. Does, does he, well, hang he's on. into a doddery old, well, yeah, well, doddery old man. Yeah, yeah, embarrassing old man. But does he know, and you would know this, Gareth, that in the late 1950s, when the US was looking for astronauts, they didn't know who they were going to send up, but they were starting their astronaut programme, they were training people to go into space, and they thought they might want to send women up, in preference to men, perhaps, because they tend to have lower body weight. This was one of the reasons. Lower body weight, therefore lower demands on all of your life support systems mm. and every pound counts going into space, yada, yada, right. yada. Yep. They trained up women on the Mercury... They went through proper astronaut training. Yeah, they did they the same... pilots. The, yeah, they did the yeah. same training and the same tests that the pilots who eventually became the Mercury astronauts mm-hmm. went through. Mm-hmm. And basically the women did better in quite a few of the areas than the men. Yeah, the whole uh, oxygen thing they did very well, I seem to remember as well. There was also yeah. stuff to do with, I think, withstanding pain and being able to withstand kind of messing with some of your balance. Basically they were sort of doing stuff like they were pumping, women used to going out pumping cold pumps <laughs> of putting cold water yes, in your ears while you're really being spun around. <laughs> But you're right. But yeah, yeah. Did, you know, basically, so, they, you know, and then, uh, the, and then the, gives the, the light whole... to the idea that, you know, men are going to be better drivers. So, but like. the programme was cancelled by Lyndon Johnson. Good old Texas boy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, bit of a and, and that yeah. was the zeitgeist. That was the spirit of the age. And Stirling Moss is over 800 years old now. That is true. And he's bound <laughs> to carry, just like Patrick Moore did, some of those hmm. belief systems which we've moved on several generations. I heard that since. Patrick Moore's views were quite strident in a number of ways that should not be repeated That's in polite company. Yeah, oh, yeah. True. Uh, yeah. Can't libel the dead. Apparently, he's a bit racist. Yeah, I'm not saying that Sir Sterling Moss is. He's but a man of his He age. probably should be a bit careful about what he says because he is a national treasure. And yeah, did you see, is, though, the Racing is. Legends programme on BBC... I never did see that. Or was it on originally? And it was Sir Patrick Stewart profiling and eulogising Sir Sterling Moss. Can you oh, imagine how stupid it is for you and me not to have seen that? Sterling and Worth Roger. a watch. Worth a watch. Yeah. But Patrick Stewart puts a lot of gusto and is clearly a big fan yeah. of Sterling Moss. And, well, of course. Uh, yeah, in fact, regards him as a bit of an idol of his and had been all of his life. But there came a point when Patrick Stewart was gushing in his enthusiasm he and is his an love actor. for... Yes, he is. Yeah, and yeah. so that's the thing. He was being a bit of a lovey to Sir Sterling Moss himself. And you could see that Sir Sterling Moss was having none of it. <laughs> in a way, you have to admire his matter-of-factness, the way he's just a man who was employed to get on with the job. Yep. He did it as bally well as he could. Mm. And then he went home for some crumpets and medals. And it was just that sort of heroic mentality that I think probably is a, a generational thing as well. Mm-hmm. But not making a fuss. Yes, just don't make on a with fuss. Yeah, that's exa- I was about yep. to say exactly that. Now, get on with it without making a fuss. Patrick Stewart uh, went into the theatre and clearly that is a world in which you are allowed to express your feelings and be a little bit more 
of what I think you've got the impression. So Stilling Moss regarded as, get this bloody whoopsie out of my face. <laughs> Stop making such a bally fuss about everything, old boy. It's really just quite simple. I drove the car as fast as I could, and then I won the race, and I was given some champagne and a garland of flowers, and then I went home. No more to it. Now stop mucking around. Just there was a sense. Yeah, it's yeah. worth watching. I don't know if it's still on the iPlayer, but if it is, it is worth watching oh, just for Sir Sterling Moss. Becoming slightly impatient with a lovey. Do we still love him, though? Of course we do. We do, but just don't try our patience, (laughs) Sir Sterling, with your silly outpouring. And and sometimes even people you love say really stupid things. Sorry about that, Zog, yeah. I didn't mean to. It was the heat of the moment. It happens, it happens. And that's all from Derek Jacobi meets Alan Prost. Next week, Graham Norton meets Keke Rosberg. Oh, Keke, you're so brave and strong. Didn't driving fast make the wind whistle through your (laughs) moustache? Please get out of my house. This is very funny, second part of the show. We haven't really got to grips with Formula One at the moment. Well, we've been rambling or something. Yeah, yeah, that's not like us, is it? A bit of a walk in the woods. I like walking in the woods. Oh, sorry, Formula One, yeah. As you were. Yeah. The Tilka circuit worked rather well. I've been a bit critical of Tilka circuits recently. Has it been a bit homogenous? But it worked rather well with DRS at the moment. We're getting an awful lot going on, and in concert with a very, very long straight, we're seeing the possibility of cars definitely nailing each other into the corner, and there were lots of car-to-car action in F1 at the moment. But here's the question. We've had three races, three different winners, because of the lottery of the tyres and the fact that DRS can do that. Yeah. Do you reckon we'll match what happened last year, seven winners in seven races? I'd like to think so. It made for interesting watching, and it sort of seems to be panning out that way so far who knows mm. where I mean, are we going next Bahrain mm-hmm. or as we were just talking about Sir Patrick Stewart he started doing the Patrick voiceovers Stewart. at the end of the yeah, yeah, it's very fruity yeah. uh, he's doing the voiceover at the end of yeah. the BBC Formula 1 coverage yeah. and I noticed this race just gone he went racing returns next week in Bahrain and Bahrain. did a proper localised oh, pronunciation but what you want you, what you want to hear is you know, racing returns next week on the holiday planet, Reiser. I once did a rewrites thing on a documentary about gorillas, and while I was doing it, word came through, yes, Sir Patrick Stewart is going to do the voiceover. As soon as I knew that, writing it became a piece of cake, because you knew anything he said was going to sound wonderful. Bird. Fantastic. That's not I, him, is it? That's, Steve. <laughs> that's Brian Lynch. Yes, it probably is. Actually, focus, got, focus. I have a bit of a commentary issue, speaking of voiceovers. I've got a bit of a complaint about the BBC commentary. Not on the Gorilla Show. You've me before. No, <laughs> yeah. Gorilla Show, fantastic. No complaints about the Gorilla Show. Thank you. But it's something that Ben Edwards has certainly done, and I'm sure other people have done this. It always winds me up. It's rounding off the decimals incorrectly when they're reading out timings. If you have a time of 134.06, mm-hmm. yeah. that gets incorrectly rounded to 134.0. They just chop off the last digit. Oh, they don't. It should be one. It, yeah. Exactly, it should be one thirty-four point one. They just um, disregard they just that, that third digit. Yeah, they completely. just they just chop off the last digit rather than doing a proper rounding. And if anything is going to wind you up, it's the maths of Formula One, isn't it? Uh, it is. Although actually, the fact that Eddie Jordan said 
begs the question when he should have said raises the question. That kind of wound me up because you know what a pedant I am. But I'm prepared to let that one slide. So we're not if, allowed if, to if, say if, begs if, the if question. They, they, you are allowed to say begs the question, yeah. but only if you're using it in the correct sense and we don't have time it, to get it. It does that, beg the question why. No, it raises the question. <laughs> and you've just proved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, sorry, where so were we? we Formula uh, One, uh, maths. Rounding, uh, yeah, yeah, incorrect rounding. Do you think it's, this it's is something right. that the BBC are doing, or is it an official FIA policy that when quoting times to just one decimal place, you simply and incorrectly lop the number off? I'm pretty sure it? the FIA are a responsible handler of numbers. I'm, I'm sure if they don't you do are that. The FIA's I'm, I'm head sure of maths, this is a commentary thing. Do get in touch. Thank you. I'm going to tell Ben. I'll get in touch with Ben. Do, yeah, yeah. Him. Have a word with that. That'll fix that, Have a word. The uh, race itself. Right. Uh, <laughs> Once we've got past, you know, the incorrect mathematics, the fact that Eddie Jordan's first sentence on the BBC <laughs> coverage was something like, and, you know, Susie Perry doing a good job, turns to Eddie and goes, Eddie, you know, welcome, great to have you here. And Eddie said, oh, now, Susie, the, the welcoming be back one, me, that, that's... <laughs> I'm where well, uh, the first sentence made it no was... sense. <laughs> so you're right. It's just, and the program is all the better for it. In yeah, my oh, yeah, that was great. Always is. I, mean, I know people. People still criticise Eddie Jordan, but it would be quite dull without him. Yeah, yes. Lord, think... Long may his unique reign of amiable bollocks continue. <laughs> <laughs> amiable bollocks. Anyway, the race now, where were we? And will we have another seven winners in seven yeah. different races? Will we? Uh, no, we won't. No, I'm, well, you I, think I'm, not? I'll, I don't think so. I'll happily take a bet on that right now. If you're well, I was going to say, thing, I don't I... know, I'm trying to think. So we're going to Bahrain. Who might shine there? Given they've only got the week, so there's going to be... Uh, there won't be uh, any major changes to the cars. No, nope, no. Nope. just can't be. And so you'd have to say Alonso. You wouldn't bet against him when well, you're when going I said It's going to be Alonso well. or Vettel, most likely. And if it's not Alonso or Vettel, it'll be Hamilton mm-hmm. or maybe Kimi. Mm. Kimmy's great. Kimmy's doing better than even we hoped he might, actually, yeah, I think. Doing... And you have to feel for Groschon. Who, you know, he's been talked to by a psychologist. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. The psychologist is going, don't crash. The start of the race, don't, the crash thing, don't do that. Okay, you know, look in my eyes. Not around the eyes, in the eyes. And what's that done to Grosjean? It's crushed him. Yeah, it's killed his mojo. Yeah, it's killed mm. yeah. Poor Oh, lad. well, I mean, On the other hand, bounce back. His mojo seems to have moved over to Ricardo, who, uh, Rick, Ricciardo, who Ricciardo. had a, Ricardo, Ricciardo, whichever yeah, you yeah. Know, who, yeah, he had a good race, I thought he was. Uh, yeah. 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 And oh no, oh. Resta actually brought it home in eight. Not bad, no bad. But considering yeah. a lot, hey, but we could have done better. <laughs> considering it was raining, no. Well, <laughs> well, in my mind, it was. Bless him. He, uh, well, you know, he, he hauled it round, and it's okay. Did you hear Ross Braun's radio transmission to Lewis Hamilton at the end of the race? Well, it went well, on a bit long. Yeah, he, he, was, did. he was giving him. It's like you're not having a meeting here. He was reading from a script. It was bizarre. Yeah. Which transmission was that? We just go. Okay, Lewis. Uh, got a lot of work to do. Long way to go, but that was yeah. good. We're making progress. We'll definitely uh, keep making progress. So a few things to still work on, but I think overall we can. Make- like, oh, wait, shut up! No. I was just go. Woohoo! Oh, uh, yeah, 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 ye
actually started a meeting. Box this lap, you know, that, is that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, just, well yeah. done, Lewis, that's great. Fun? And then you debrief later. We go, mm. oh, by the way, uh, have you still got my blue pen? Uh, I think <laughs> yeah, I gave it to you, and you were making some notes with it. Uh, don't worry if you haven't. I have got another blue pen. In fact, there's a box in here. So I forget I said that. Um, I don't, wait, do you fancy going for dinner on Tuesday? No, actually, I can't do Tuesday. I just remembered. I just like, the bloke's and coming and got it out of the car. <laughs> on the other hand, you've got Ferrari going, Phenomenally. Yeah. The spelling is yes. so doubt for us. We will not speak in English. You, you, you can we will speak Italian very slowly. You can but hear then, the uh, hand gestures. You can yeah. hear yeah. the hand gestures. Phenomenally. And he was phenomenally, wasn't he? He was phenomenally. One other thing I just wanted to say quickly. If I was the head of aerodynamics for Lotus... I would yes, be a bit worried. I know where you're going with this. That I was in for a bit of a telling off because <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen <laughs> nudged into the back of Perez, essentially bent his nose, and the car seemed to fly after. I've that. got a theory about this. Is this to do with turbulent airflow? They created a synthetic F duct. You've now got a hole in the front of your car where the air is now tearing into the car, right? Depending on whether your feet is on the brake or the accelerator, right? You can cover that hole and change oh. the pressure at the nose. They've improved it. Yeah, on the straight, he was able to maximise the flow, and when it was necessary, he could pump stuff back over the wing by changing his foot position. Just a theory. I don't know. I thought it was extraordinary. <laughs> so, break the nose, flies. It's, it's, it's a secret to everything. Oh, my fan, Tom, you've got to listen to me now, right? Tom, what, Dad? Tom Jones, you may be my son, but I've got to tell you this now, right? You're singing shocking. Shut up, Dad. What did you say? I told you to shut up. How dare you? You don't speak to your dad like that. Oh, my God, Thomas, what have you done? You've broken his bloody nose. No, I think it's okay, ma'am. I think, hang on. Well, that's lovely. There's a Formula One elephant in the room, and I'm not talking about the ultra heavyweight 40 car of the 1990s. (laughs) See what I did there? We haven't mentioned this whole demonization of Vettel. Saying it like they say it now Vettel. 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 Sebastian with an A. I think we just resent his success a little bit, and that's why so many people are ready to jump and stab him with a Formula One shaped knife because of the whole multi 21 thing where he passed Weber when he really wasn't supposed to. Would you agree with that? Is it just, we're fed up of you now, you've done your bit? Well, we also have all been carried along by the sort of smiley 
mm. cheery. Oh, yeah, it's a loving the Monty Python kind of side of him, and this fact that he seems like a very chipper sort of pleasant bloke. And I have to say, when we had him on Top Gear, he was a very chipper and pleasant sort of mm. bloke. So was Paul Pot when you hung out with him. He, yeah, liked, he exactly. liked the goons, well, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Niddle laddle new, kill them all. Um, <laughs> so I'm sure it's not entirely false, but I think he plays up to it a little bit and then we've actually seen the ruthless streak underneath mm-hmm. tell him to get out of the way he's too slow and then mm. just disregarding team orders yeah and people are surprised and actually there's no surprise there he has the same streak that i think you would have found and did find there you know, and senna and michael yeah, schumacher that's right and people who were truly at a sublime level of formula one driving they were the ones who were multiple world champions they had that will to win at all costs. I wouldn't agree that a level of disrespect for your team that mm. says in your mind that it's okay to disregard team orders whenever you like. Oh no, I mean is that the was, kind of thing that, that, that it takes. It takes to at the very least, he can talk to them. He could have said, "Look, come on, seriously, I think I can do better than this." And he could have been more honest about it after the race, rather than sort of in a slightly half-hearted way, sort of apologising to Weber and the team, and then. You know, saying he wasn't sorry, it was all very and, and then, and, yeah, and By then, the then basically then the Chinese Grand Prix. Sorry for the sorriness that he brought to his. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I, I thought his apology directly after the race wasn't genuine. I don't think he should have disregarded the team order. Granted, there's some history between him and Weber where each has shown some disrespect to the other, and Vettel felt rightly or wrongly that Weber hadn't earned the right to yeah. have Vettel keep position behind him. I'm. Sort of with you, Zog. I'm going to spring to the defence of Vettel. Vettel? Vettel? Sebastian, with an A. In his mindset now, he's thinking, oh, I've just ticked off two world championships for these guys. And I know how to do this. Weber's got close, but nowhere near close enough to be as safe a bet for the team as me. And he wants to maximise that situation. You know, you don't know if the guy in front of you is slow enough. He may have some sort of technical issue, might not even finish the race. You want to get in front of him to maximise that opportunity. That's the racer's instinct. I think... He's not suffering from Bieber levels of arrogance at the moment. No, especially given the uh, Anne Frank yes. business book incident. Because <laughs> personally, I think Anne Frank would have been more of a Sebastian Vettel fan than a believer. That, that's the truth of it. I don't think she was a huge fan of the Germans generally, but we'll, ah, there is that. we'll yeah. probably just skirt yeah. round this yeah. whole... Because that won't offend anyone, but we just... No, no it won't. No, no. Not in this context, no. So, I'm with him. I'm absolutely with him. I think he made the right decision. If he had the pace, you can see why he did it. I'm not saying he was right to do it, but you can see why he did it. And I also defend the whole apology thing, because there's a culture in Formula One at the moment of not a lack of honesty, but you have to be very careful about what you say in the press conference afterwards. You can't even say, oh, well, that prototype front suspension system that we're running didn't work very well because then all your sponsors get b***ed off and won't mm. pay for the development of that. So you tend to be very circumspect about what you do say. And I think when he was saying, yeah, well, I didn't really know, he didn't know how much he could say or not at that point. Well, He wasn't great. He wasn't super honest and wonderful, which we would love him to be, but I think it's a difficult environment in which to be that i don't know know. given what he did i.e disregarding a clear team order because i don't for a moment buy the claim that he heard it on the radio but didn't fully process it i can't remember the form of words he used but he basically said yeah i heard it but i didn't fully understand it or if i'd really thought it no 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 i failed to hear the last letter he chose to ignore it he he chose to ignore it Mm -hmm. and he didn't then say after the race well yeah 
I really wanted that win and I wasn't prepared to let Mark stand him away. He wasn't prepared to be that honest about it either. Mm. And he's disrespected the team and team orders. I think it reflects quite badly on Vettel and it might even prove to be a slightly stupid move because I'm sure he'll need Weber's help through the season at some point. Yeah. Mm. And is Weber going to lift a finger to help him? Hell no. <laughs> and can we be grateful that it is Weber? who is Vettel's teammate at the moment, because Weber's pretty down about this whole thing. You can see his shoulders are going his face. Just be grateful it's not Paul de Resta. There would be a huge... Oh, the biggest rain. Yeah. Oh. That would be terrible, wouldn't oh. it? Even this dull, tasteless broth isn't cheering me up. What would it take to cheer up Paul de Resta? There's uh, nothing in the world. Haggis <laughs> pasta. Oh, no. A flicker. Oh... This is slightly less disappointing than I was expecting. <laughs> but then Lee McKenzie would pop up and go, you must be fairly disappointed. And you go, actually, I am, yes. Spaghetti a la Colcannon. <laughs> that would do, oh, wouldn't no, it? Yeah. Spaghetti a la Cold Sick. Oh, oh. no. Oh, this is just as disappointing as I was expecting. Oh, this is making me extremely miserable. Oh, oh no. Reaching new levels of misery. He is. Uh, Weber and arrested. Well, poor old Weber. And I think that he must, after the Chinese Grand got to the point where he's thinking well, just screw this I'm giving yeah. up yeah, I'm yeah. going to go surfing mm. again and forget all about this because he got into that little scuffle with Jean-Eric Verne I thought yeah, it was a yeah. bit unfair to then be given a three grid place yeah. penalty for, for it race. it looked to me mm. yeah. well, I, it wasn't clear cut that it, it was well, completely it, his fault yes he probably should have just assumed that Verne would take the racing line I think what he assumed was Toro Rosso had told them yeah, our bitches in the him. same way that I appear to be now be Sebastian's bitch and <laughs> he will keep out of my way and it didn't happen it, and then he the abuse well, becomes the, the abuse cycle of abuse is a terrible oh. thing. So I think he just misread the body language of the car and then he clipped into it but a three grid place penalty nah, seems yeah. a bit harsh I'd say, do you know who doled it out as well who was Mark it? Blundell talking really? as you were oh, about people it, who mangle grammar <laughs> Maybe he actually said, no, I think we should let him go scot-free, but he said it in such a convoluted way. <laughs> no one knew, no one knew what he was on actually, about. If you had to apportion blame for that crash, it has to be Weber's fault. He was optimistic, yes. at least, on getting through that. But, but these things happen. Uh, yeah, they do. I mean, yeah, yeah, racing incident. It seems likely that Weber won't stick around in Red Bull next year. I don't think he could stand for his sanity anymore. And there have been... Oh, very exciting rumours where he might go. Well, yes, well, possibly. Oh, we'll come oh, to that in yeah, a moment. Oh, I know, yeah. we've, we've only got a couple of minutes, literally two minutes. But the first thing I want to say is, Matasish said that Kimi was a likely candidate for a replacement for Weber, and wouldn't we like to see Kimi beating Weber <laughs> in his own, uh, beating Vettel in his own car? Hmm. Did you say apparently? Yeah, I didn't see that someone's time today in the Saturday press conference after qualifying, talking to some other drivers, and then the interviewer went, Kimi Raikkonen, and Kimi just went, <sighs> <laughs> Really? Just like, oh no. Really? Oh, Do you God, really have to ask me a question? <laughs> Do I really have to yeah. say something? But what Zog was alluding to there, you know, if we do get Kimmy in a Red Bull next year, actually, I quite like him in a Lotus. If anyone's going to be in Lotus, put Kimmy in it, that's cool. Yeah. But if he was at Red Bull next year and Weber goes to where it's been suggested he might go, yeah. have you heard about this, Richard? I heard a couple of things, but it's just about going to sports car racing. Yeah, and a particular team that going I think to, we'll be particularly excited about next year. Going to Porsche. Yeah, Porsche yeah, for is, their 2014. Was, uh, last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Where has this come from, though? Oh, oh, I, I can't remember. So uh, the job one for the it's Porsche team... only a rumour at this stage. Yes, should stress that. But the job one should be make sure the front end of that car is absolutely pinned down. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't want <laughs> yeah. that Weber's to like, look, no, guys, yeah. I just don't want any 
of this shit anymore. <laughs> we stay on the ground next time. Yeah, build it out of titanium or just ballast. Adamantium. Wings. You'll have you'll wear the really heavy racing boots just to be on the safe side. <laughs> Try and keep that nose pinned. You've been listening to Zog. Goodbye. You've been listening to Richard. Goodbye. And occasionally me, Gareth. See you for the next on speed. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>